and welcome to Rocket Radio, where we share great books for kids to want to read again and again and again. And maybe, just maybe, along the way of our reading adventure, find some new ones. Hi, I'm April Ruggieri. I'm the Library Media Specialist at Robinson Intermediate School in Robinson, Texas, a small town outside of Waco. In last week's episode, uh, we talked about why it was important for people to read and especially kids. And we decided that, you know, reading is good for you. It can take you to imaginary places when you can't even go there yourself. You can learn lots of new things. Uh, You can self-help yourself with self-help books. And you can also just read just for fun. So this week, Really, um, due to the coronavirus and the fact that we, in our district, we have been out of uh, school, the physical school itself, for about two weeks, we now know through going through this why reading is so important. Uh, Our district has been uh, conducting class with online activities. We've been online schooling from home, homeschool online. And so kids are having to learn a new different way, and it involves a lot of reading and following directions. And so, yes, reading is fun. It can take you on adventures. You can read to help yourself. You can read just because it's fun. Um, Now we are experiencing really the importance of reading. And that is because we're in a weird situation for the first time in many, many years. And we're having to read in order to be able to conduct a part of our life. So why is reading so important? Well, we're in it. Homeschooling, online learning, and you're having to read quite a bit on your own to educate yourself. And so, that's why it's important. So each week on this podcast, we are going to have guests come in and share great stories and tell us some great ideas on podcasts and ebooks and audiobooks. But due to the coronavirus outbreak and practicing social distancing set by our president, Donald Trump, and our governor of Texas, Greg Abbott, we are going to not have guests. And instead, I will share one of my all-time favorite stories. And so each week, I will share a part of this story uh, and... um, When we are allowed to uh, have guests, we will definitely start that up. 
So the story that I'm gonna start reading is one of my all-time favorites. It has been my favorite since I was seven years old. And I read it every single October because it does go well with the season. And it is called The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. It was written by Washington Irving, who was born in 1783, and he died in 1859. Now, this story was first published in 1819, which, if you do the math, that's over 201 years ago. That's a very, very, very old story. It is a great story. It's had lots of movies made. Uh, based on it and lots of different versions of this story, which I do collect those. The kids at Robinson Intermediate Library know I love this story. I talk about it all the time. When I teach, I use it as an example. Uh, and so I collect different versions of the uh, story, and I have it displayed in my, all the versions displayed in my uh, window in my office. Love, love, love this story so much that uh, I found out that a town in New York called Sleepy Hollow does exist, and I made my husband take me on vacation there one year and found out all about the whole town. It is uh, where the book's kind of based at, the setting. Washington Irving is buried in the cemetery up there, and uh, he. Uh, it's supposed that he wrote about uh, some of the characters in this story are based on some of the characters that he knew back then. Though this story is totally fictional. It is, it is totally a made-up story. But there are some things in it that are quite true. Like the Old Dutch Cemetery. It is still there. It still exists. The church was built by the Dutch. And it exists. It is still there as well. So it was really neat to go on vacation up there and see where this story actually uh, took place, though it's not true. Uh, so here we go. In the bosom of one of those spacious coves, which indent the eastern shore of the Hudson, at that broad expansion of the river dominated by the ancient Dutch navigators, the Tappan Zee, and where they always prudently shortened sail and implored the protection of St. Nicholas when they crossed, there lies a small market town or rural port, which by some is called Greenberg, but which is more generally and properly known by the name of Terrytown. This name was given, we are told, in former days by the good housewives of the adjacent county. From the inveterate prosperity of their husbands to linger about the village taverns on market days. Be that as it may, I do not vouch for the fact, but merely advert to it, for the sake of being precise and authentic. Not far from this village, perhaps two miles, there is a little valley or rather lap of land among high hills, which is one of the quietest places in the whole world. A small brook glides through it with just a murmur enough to lull one to repose and the occasional whistle of a quail or tapping of a woodpecker is almost the only sound that ever breaks in upon the uniform tranquility. I recollect that when a stripling, my first exploit in squirrel shooting 
was in a grove of tall walnut trees that shades one side of the valley. I had wandered into it at noontime, which all nature is peculiarly quiet, and was startled by the roar of my own gun as it broke the Sabbath stillness around, and was prolonged and reverberated by the angry echoes. If ever I should wish for a retreat, whether I might steal from the world or its distractions, and dream quietly away the remnant of a troubled life, I know of none more promising than this little valley. From the listless repose of the place and the peculiar character of its inhabitants, who are descendants from the original Dutch settlers, this sequestered glen has long been known by the name of Sleepy Hollow, and its rustic lads are called the Sleepy Hollow Boys throughout all the neighboring country. A drowsy, dreamy influence seems to hang over the land and to pervade the very atmosphere. Some say that the place was bewitched by a high German doctor during the early days of the settlement. Others think that an old Indian chief, the prophet or wizard of his tribe, held his powwows there before the country was discovered by Master Hendrick Hudson. Certain it is, the place still continues under the sway of some witching power that holds a spell over the minds of the good people, causing them to walk in continual silence. They are given to all kinds of marvelous beliefs, are subject to trances and visions, and frequently see strange sights and hear music and voices in the air. The whole neighborhood abounds with local tales, haunted spots, and twilight superstitions. Stars shoot and meteors glare oftener across this valley than any other part of the country. And the nighttime, with her whole ninefold, seems to make it the favorite scene of her gambles. The dominant spirit, however, that haunts this enchanted region and seems to be commander-in-chief of all the powers of the air is the apparition of a figure on horseback without a head. It is said by some to be the ghost of a Hessian trooper whose head had been carried away by a cannonball in some nameless battle during the Revolutionary War and who has ever seen by the country folk hurrying along in the gloom of night as if on wings of the wind. His haunts are not confined to the valley, but extend at times to the adjacent roads and especially to the vicinity of a church at no great distance. Indeed, certain of the most authentic historians of those parts who have been careful in collecting and collating the floating facts concerning this specter allege that the body of the trooper having been buried in the churchyard, the ghost rides forth the scene of battle in nightly quest of his head, and that the rushing speed with which he sometimes passes along the hollow like a midnight blast is owing to his being belated in a hurry to get back to the churchyard before the sun comes out. Such is the general purpose of this legendary superstition, which has furnished materials for many a wild story in that region of shadows. And the specter is known at the country firesides 
by the name of the Headless Horseman of Sleepy Hollow. Join us next week when we learn more about the Headless Horseman of Sleepy Hollow and we're introduced to our very tall, thin, scarecrow-looking teacher, Ichabod Crane. Thank you guys all for joining us this week on Rocket Radio. We hope you guys have a good weekend. And remember, stay safe, stay healthy, and... Practice social distancing, and we will get through this pandemic that our country is going through. See you guys later. Have a good week.